Hello everyone, my name is Michaela and this is I Deserve It. Welcome back to the revamped and relaunched I Deserve It show. <laughs> um, this is the second episode. So if you listen to the first one, it was just kind of like a recap of my life over the last year and everything that has happened, which was a lot. And now I feel like after providing like the new direction of the show and just empowering women and self-discovery and love and all of those beautiful things that I said, we are going to go back to the roots one more time because I feel like it is a really good starting point to transition into everything more. So I really want to talk about transitioning into healthy relationships after abuse. And I feel like starting here on this new season and talking about exiting abuse and transitioning into something better and, you know, just moving forward is a really good foundation for the rest of the season. So we are, you know, going old school back to the start, but also I just feel like in my current position in my life right now, I've been with Gary for almost three years and our relationship couldn't be healthier if we tried. And so I feel like I am in a position where I can offer this like guidance and support and advice. Um, although every relationship is not the same, obviously abuse is abuse overall. And so I just feel like the, the transition from the abuse to now I have a really good idea of, you know, how that works. And I've worked through a lot of things in the last three years. So I'm super stoked about this. And yeah, welcome back to I Deserve It. episode, we are going to explore the journey um, transitioning from an abusive relationship into a healthy and fulfilling one. And we can discuss the challenger, the challenges. We can discuss the challenges that domestic violence victims face when trying to enter the dating world and the importance of healing and self-discovery and, you know, just offer guidance on building strong and supportive relationships. So this is, you know, dear to my heart because, you know, I wouldn't be here without going through what I did. And this show just grew on the abuse that I went through. And like I said in the last episode, like I'm never going to be thankful for going through what I did, but I am thankful to share my story and to make other women realize their worth. I just, I love it. And so if I can make a difference in one person's life, like I already feel like I've changed the world, you know? So that's really exciting to me. Um, I feel like when it comes to challenges that these survivors are facing, re-entering the dating world, there are two off the top of my head that I can really think of immediately. And the first one is going to be trust. So 
when you're dating, you know, someone's going to be really nice to you and they're going to take you out to dinner and they're going to say all the right things. They're going to do all the right things. And, you know, it kind of builds from there. But after being in an abusive relationship, how can you trust that it's not going to end up just like what you went through? Because I feel like most people just assume that they were toxic forever and you know, I just met a guy on the street and he was an asshole and I was like, cool. Like, I like that. Uh, because no, that's not how it was. They are always really charming at first and they will wine and dine you and they will say all the right things. They will do all the right things. And there's no indication that your life is going to go to shit in a few months. Like you don't know. And so generally by the time that the relationship starts to get a little bit toxic, you think, well, that's odd behavior for them. Like it's probably just a mistake or they're having a bad day and you start to make excuses. And then before you know it, you've just made excuses for all these different things. And now you're just full blown in toxicity. So having trust in someone new is literally the hardest thing in the world. Um, because you have no idea. It's, you never know how long it's going to take. So it is very scary and you're very vulnerable and that's, it's, it's just terrifying. Um, the other challenge that comes to mind when re-entering dating is probably self-worth. So I know that when I got out of my relationship, I had no clue who I was. I just felt disgusting and I didn't feel worthy of being loved. Not to mention I had two very, very, very small children. And so who is going to want to date me and take on these toddlers? You know, my son was barely a year old at that time. And so it's just, you don't feel like worthy for someone to love you. And that is so sad because you are worthy. I just can't express like how lost that I felt in that time. And so if it's not something you've gone through, then I don't expect you to ever really understand. But before I met him, I used to bartend and I used to go to parties and I loved music and I loved to sing and I loved to write music and I loved to go out with my friends and I loved shopping and there were just like all these different things that I loved to do and then you know once I started to re-enter the dating world they would say so what do you like to do and I legitimately didn't have an answer because I didn't know it had been five years I have two children now and I have no idea what my hobbies are. Like I have no idea what I like to do in my spare time because in my spare time I worked or I was home and that was it. And so just feeling like you're not worth it for someone is like such a true thing. And it is, it is one of the biggest challenges that you will face when trying to get back into the dating world. I think another really big thing is just recognizing and addressing the trauma that you went through. So it is a pretty common thing for us to kind of just block out traumatic events and 
therapy is really good for that. They can really just help you like dig down to the roots of things. I know that even when I started to do the podcast, it'd been like a year and a half since I left that relationship. Um, and I would find myself like wanting to tell a story about something that happened and my brain was just so quick to try and block it out that I couldn't like remember details of it. And realizing now, like looking back, there were so many times in that relationship where, you know, he would ask me something and I couldn't remember. And, you know, he would just be like, oh, like, of course you can't remember. And it's because like your brain is just like trying to protect you and just like block out all of this trauma. And so it is a really real thing. And just recognizing what you went through and addressing it is so important. And I know that for me, I didn't really begin to understand like what I went through until I started to talk about it. And the more I talked about it, the more I really recognized like, what the fuck? Like, I seriously, I did that for five years. Like the old me would never let me go through something like that. And it kind of just like hits you and you're just like, I can't believe that I allowed myself to deal with that. You don't realize the severity of it until you really sit down and try to you know, just recognize what you went through. And that's like the craziest thing to me because I would just like tell someone something and their jaws would just hit the floor and they would just have these big wide eyes and they would just be like, Oh my God, like, I'm so sorry you went through that. And I'd be like, it's fine. Like it's whatever. Like it's not whatever. But like, I just was so desensitized from the trauma that I just, you know, could laugh it off, which is pretty crazy now to think about it. The abuse really does leave like an impact on your mental health and just like who you are and it will follow you for years. It has been almost three years I've been with Gary and I can say that there are a couple things that I struggle with still in terms of like PTSD, but for the most part, like going to therapy and just like really working through those things has helped me so much. And it's crazy because, you know, you get into this really healthy relationship and like, bless his heart because Gary is the most perfect human I've ever met in my life. And I'm so thankful for him, but he's never done anything bad to me. Like he's never called me a name. Like we've never been in a fight. We've never been in a fight still at almost three years um, because we have a, such a good foundation for communication and He's never done anything bad to me, like ever, 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 ever. So tell me why he could say something and my PTSD jumps in and it's just like, nope, that's, that's not okay. And I'll just like start to panic. And I'm just really thankful that he's so understanding about it, but like it follows you for a long time. It doesn't matter like how good your life gets. Like you still have to work through that because what I learned from going to therapy is that the trauma and the PTSD isn't just like an emotional thing. It literally alters your brain. Like she explained all the way down to all these like neurological responses and like basically like what that looks like inside of your brain. And like, if you did a scan on your brain, like you can legitimately like see that it's different. And that's pretty crazy to me. Cause I don't think people really understand that. Like, when it comes to, you know, psychological abuse and different things, 
like it really does like alter your brain and like I don't know my face is like this because I'm just so shocked like it's still really wild to me to know that so you know humans have a natural fight or flight response and it has something to do with that part of your brain and so you should look it up it's pretty crazy I'm not going to try to pretend like I know what I'm talking about um that's the extent of my knowledge for that but it really helped when she was talking about it and just giving me these different exercises to like work through and you know just being able to start at the root and just like work up and just take care of one thing at a time and so I feel like in the year and some change that I saw her, like I made such a drastic improvement um, versus when I was just trying to do it, you know, myself and just work through it and think that everything would be fine. It was really beneficial. So I recommend that to everyone, but you should definitely look into that because it's really crazy how the brain works and that, you know, these relationships can like physically change like things in your brain. It's crazy. But um, my favorite is building a foundation for self-love and healing. And I say it's my favorite because I have never felt confident in my entire life. There's never a point in time where I looked in the mirror and thought, I'm pretty. Or, you know, I'm happy to have the body that I have. I'm happy to be me. There was never a time like that in my life. You know, even before the abuse, I was always very insecure and it was very rare that you would see me wearing anything that showed my stomach um, because I am so self-conscious about it. You would hardly ever see me like in a swimsuit. It just like wasn't a thing for me. And so I felt like getting out of that relationship and just trying to figure out like, what's my style? What do I like to do? Like, what do I want to look like? That was really weird for me because I had no idea what I was interested in, like in the slightest. Uh, that is really, I think I started going blonde like before that, but I was always kind of trashy. I started going to get my hair done and like getting like pretty blonde. And now I just can't imagine my life not being blonde um, because I've been blonde for like over three years. And I feel like it is just like who I am. And my natural hair is really dark. So I feel like that was a big thing for me to just, you know, find something that I felt made me more confident. I started to go to the gym before work in the morning. And, you know, I got to be not like super ultra fit, but it was like the thinnest that I had been like ever. Uh, and I felt really, really good. At that time, my cousin was running a boutique and I was just buying a bunch of clothes from her. And it was just crazy because like during that time, you know, I am like in my new townhouse with the kids and I have all these new clothes and I have new hair and I'm buying like new decor for my house. And I started to really just feel happy with myself. And I think that was like really the first time in my life where I just... I felt really good. I felt really confident and I didn't feel like I needed anybody. And so honestly, that was like the best time of my life. You know, I would just come home and if I wanted to sit on the couch and drink wine, like I would, if I wanted to make a steak dinner, then I would. And I was just genuinely happy. 
and I would have been fine just being alone. And of course, I met Gary, and it was just, you know, this whole like surprise thing. And now I feel all of that same happiness of being able to do whatever and just like live my life happily and freely, but I get to do it with somebody else. And that's pretty exciting. That's how I know I hit the lottery. But I feel like it's really important after getting out of a situation like that to take the time to figure out who you are. Because when I started dating or going on dates, I should say, the first thing that you would ask someone is like, what do you like to do? Like, if you're not working, what do you like to do? And I didn't have an answer. I would just say that, you know, I liked working overtime and watching movies and hanging out with my kids, like really freaking boring because I had no idea who I was and I didn't even know what I enjoyed doing. That, that's so sad. They probably thought I was the most boring person ever because I just like, I didn't even have any hobbies. Like I didn't even know what they were anymore. I felt like since becoming a parent, like I've changed so much. Like, I don't, what do I like to do? I think my favorite color is still blue. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't really know how to put on makeup anymore because it's been so long. My hair is pretty much like a ratchet bird nest because it was just up in a bun 24-7 and I never dressed nice to do anything. So it was really weird. It was a really important time for me just figuring out who I was and just learning to love my body and accept myself for who I was. And I feel like you can't really move into a new relationship until you do that. No one can really love you until you learn to love yourself. And so... That, if you get anything from this today, that is the most crucial thing. And I don't even care if you're already in a relationship. Like, if you don't love yourself and you don't feel confident in who you are, then you need to just, like, put everything else in your life on pause. And that's what you need to focus on. Whatever it's going to take for you to just realize that and figure it out, like, you have to do it. It makes your life so much better. Like, I am genuinely happy, like, all the time. Every once in a while, I'll get sad over something. Maybe I'm stressed about wedding planning. I don't know. But like overall, 99.9% of the time, I'm just happy. And a big part of that is just being happy like with myself. So I feel like everyone, you know, should do that. Even if you were not coming out of an abusive relationship, it's just really important to get in tune with like who you are. After leaving an abusive relationship, when you are trying to navigate the dating world, things of that nature, it's really important to set boundaries and make sure that you're recognizing those red flags. I feel like it's common sense, but not everyone goes through the same type of thing. So we can never really assume that everyone is kind of on the same page. For me, when I was finally able to leave, it took me more than once to get out. And so I feel like by the time like I was actually really out, my standards just shot up so high that I thought I would just like be alone forever. And so just knowing what you're willing and not willing to put up with is really important. And you need to be able to discuss those things going into a new relationship with somebody else. I would like to think that we know what those red flags are. Um, I actually did an episode in 2022 that was about red flags and it was based on this article that I had read from this women's magazine. Um, and 
I feel like just knowing what those are is super important. After getting out of a toxic relationship, you are more adapt to knowing what those things are rather than someone else who hasn't been through it. However, there are sometimes like little things that maybe you still just don't notice. So it's really important to kind of just be aware and know that these things do exist. So I know like when you first get into that toxic relationship, you are making excuses for things instead of looking at them as a flag. So one big one for me would be that I met him when I was bartending and he was uncomfortable with me working at the bar. He didn't want me to work there anymore. To me, I felt that I understood where his concern came from because he didn't want me in a position where guys were like hitting on me and stuff all the time. And I felt like it was respectful for me to leave that industry. Now, when I look back at it, it was just a controlling thing because he would forever accuse me of cheating on him every five seconds because that had happened to him in the past. And so it's just really important to recognize those things and not make excuses because, you know, when we moved to Hawaii, like I did go work at a bar and Gary was fine with it. I came home with lots of cash every day because we have a healthy relationship. So I feel like there's this boundary of like what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. And then just like right over that edge is like a controlling aspect. So communicating these things at the beginning is so important or else your relationship is just doomed. Like you have to be able to know what your boundaries are and what you'll put up with. And they need to know that as well, because what you're looking for might not be what they're looking for. I think another one for me is like strip clubs, right? So I don't see an issue in a sense that like our relationship is so strong that if he went, I wouldn't care. <clears throat> However, I don't want to say wouldn't care. I would never like think anything bad. Like I wouldn't think he was like doing anything bad or whatever, but like I'm not comfortable with it because not because I don't trust him, but because I feel like I should be enough. Um, and thankfully we view that in the same way. He is not into that kind of thing and I'm not into that kind of thing either. So that was something that was communicated early on so that we both had an understanding on what the limits were, I guess is a good way to put it. So just communicating those things. And I remember talking to this guy that I was going to go on a date with and just saying like, I think I want to have another baby. So if you don't want more kids, then I don't want to go on a date with you. And he was like, wow, that's really straightforward. And I was like, well, like, I'm not trying to like waste my time. Like if we don't want the same things, then there's no use in continuing this conversation. I always feel like it's bad if you don't put those things up front and then you go through the relationship and then you start to have like really strong feelings for each other and then realize that you don't want the same things. It makes it a lot harder because someone's going to end up compromising and I don't think that's fair. So 
It does all kind of like goes together. It's just recognizing red flags. Don't make excuses just because, you know, you're like, well, that happened with that guy. He was abusive. This guy's nice. Like a red flag is a red flag. Like if you have a gut feeling, you should just get away from that. Set boundaries, set limits, discuss what you want for your future. And don't let anyone make you feel bad about it. If someone's going to make you feel bad about it, then they're probably not the guy for you. The end. I feel like addressing the challenge of trusting somebody again and being like intimate is a really important conversation. So I did mention earlier that one of the biggest challenges in re-entering the dating world is having trust. And that is because the way someone is at the beginning isn't necessarily who they are later. And that is how most of us get into these toxic relationships. So it's really hard to gain or to, I cannot think, it's really hard to be able to trust someone again. And so I feel like just communicating that from the very beginning and being upfront about what you went through and issues that you have from that is so important because you really need to have someone that's going to be understanding. If they can't help you to heal through what you're going through, then again, that is like not the person for you. So they need to be understanding about why you can't just be open and trusting from the very beginning. They have to be able to understand like what you went through and be willing to help you through it. I am super thankful because I have had such a good like healing process and you know he also came from a really crap relationship or someone that just didn't care enough and so like we both kind of helped each other through the things that had bothered us and you know like something for him is that he used to work 12 hour shifts and he would work two days on two days off every other weekend and he would just like come home and have to like make himself dinner or like clean the house. And it was like expected of him. So if he had a day off and he wasn't just like cleaning the house or whatever, like he was just relaxing, then, you know, it would like start an argument. So for him, that PTSD is carried over. And like, I work on Sundays, I work all day. So if I come home and he's like sitting on the couch, he like, almost panics like he feels this weird sense of guilt and he'll just be texting me all day like well what can I do today and I'm like just relax and he doesn't know how to do that because of his PTSD and so like sometimes I'll like give him a couple of things to do and then I'm just like all right like please just relax like enjoy your day off like you don't need to be doing anything extra and it's been like really hard for him but he's been getting a lot better it's just something that like I know he deals with so that's just something we had to like work through together. So it's really important to address those things and just be able to make that person understand that the trust isn't going to happen like overnight. And I think the other thing too is like intimacy because after being in a relationship like that, like I feel like it's different for everyone. Mine was just like, there was no intimacy at all. So it was 
like really weird for me to get back into that. Um, I don't want to say weird because it was a pretty easy process for me to do, but never been much of like an emotional person by any means. And I feel like now, like I'm just really emotional and very just like physical and very intimate, like all the time, like my love language is physical touch. So it's weird how just being in a different relationship can kind of just like change those things about you. But it is really important to discuss because some people, you know, when they're going through that abuse, probably, or maybe go through some sort of like abusive, like intimate life as well, I guess is a decent way to put it. Um, and so it might be kind of hard for you to allow someone to like touch you. So you know, describing those things and talking about them, even though it's hard, is like super important to do like at the beginning. This is one of my top things, which I think maybe I've said that more than once already, but just effective communication. And if there is anything that you get from this besides the loving yourself thing, because that's number one, um, it would be this. And that is effective communication techniques. And being able to have conversations about things that are difficult and to talk about literally anything. So I mentioned earlier that Gary and I have never been in a fight ever and like two months is three years for us. So that is because we communicate really well. Like we are able to talk about absolutely anything. And it's not to say that we don't disagree on things because we are humans and sometimes humans disagree, but we don't fight. It is really just, I need to tell you about something that's on my mind. And the other person says, okay, like I'm listening. Um, that person can express their feelings about something that's maybe bothering them or, you know, whatever it is that's going on. And the person that is listening acknowledges that they're feeling that way. And then they work to resolve that. Like, the end. It's just, you know, I hear you, I understand, and we'll fix that thing. So anytime that there's ever been even the slightest like disagreement, I don't even want to say disagreement. Like, I don't know. There was like a time of, you know, we're not having enough date nights and it's bothering me. Like, okay, like I hear you. And now we are going to set a plan in action that allows us to have our monthly date nights back that it, it's as simple as that. It's really important. And, you know, people will tell me we can't all be that lucky. And, you know, you're just really lucky. And I know that I am, but it does exist. They have to want to. So if there's someone that just doesn't want to, then maybe they're not worth it because if they wanted to, they would. That has been a saying that I've had to just like beat into my brain. And it's very serious. So support systems and communities and resources. This is something also very important. This includes therapy, which I've mentioned multiple times. It was a lifesaver. I've heard a lot of people say that therapy doesn't help. I think it depends on who the therapist is because I have had them where I don't feel like they're doing anything for me. And then, you know, the last one that I had, she was an angel. So you really have to be able to like have a relationship with them and kind of vibe with them. And if you don't have that, then it's probably not the person for you. That's not that therapy doesn't work. 
you guys just don't have a connection and it's almost kind of like having like a friend, like you have to be able to connect with that person. So if you do not connect with the person that is your therapist, then you should move on and find somebody else. But there are different like community resources and things um, like support groups of that nature. I've never done anything like that, but it does exist. I have joined like different like Facebook groups. I have a Facebook group for this podcast, which I feel like would be a really good place to, you know, communicate with other people. I have anonymous posts turned on as well. So if you are feeling just kind of nervous about sharing something and you don't want people to know it's you, then that is an option that you have. Aside from those typical resources would just be like friends and family or whoever it is that you have. I know that my friends were very angry with me and very frustrated and I'm sure they just wanted to dip out so many times and not have to deal with all of the crap that I was going through, but they did, they stayed. And I'm so thankful that they did because when, you know, I was just trying to like figure out who I was and like go through this like self-discovery healing process, like they were there a hundred percent of the time. And my family all like chipped in money to be able to get me the deposit for the town home and escape the house, you know? And so if it wasn't for that support system, like I would have had a much more complicated time. And if you don't have that, you know, it's really good to just meet people and, you know, find friends that can, they don't necessarily have to understand what you've been through, but just someone to listen and be supportive. So if you feel like you don't have that supportive community, then you should definitely join my Facebook group because it would be the perfect place to meet like minds in that sense. I said in the last episode that I went to Nashville with a group of women and they were amazing and we had the best time. I didn't even know that I had that many friends. (laughs) And that's what's so crazy is that, you know, all of these people were there to just celebrate me and they were just you know, so thankful that I made it out of that toxicity and made it to where I am now. And, you know, it was crazy because I just have never felt like I've had that many people in my life. But when I really look at it, like I have all of these people that care and it was just really cool to, you know, be able to like see them all together and just to hear the things that they had to say and, you know, how happy they were that I could overcome that. So Like having a support system is everything. And if you don't have one, like it's never too late to just meet other people. After leaving those situations, you are going to find yourself extremely vulnerable and it is going to be really difficult to be able to make deep connections and just like embrace the person that you are. And so this kind of goes with the trust thing that, you know, it, you're going to have to get to a point where you can open up and that you can just be vulnerable and that you can just be open about everything that has happened to you and allow someone to love you. So like you need to have the boundaries and you need to recognize the red flags and you need to put a wall up in terms of trusting someone for an initial period of time 
but you also need to learn when it's okay to drop that wall and when it's okay to be vulnerable and to open up. So I kind of imagine this like if you were driving um, a stick shift car, there is this really perfect balance between the gas and the clutch and you can't use more than the other or you're just going to like stall your car. So it is kind of like an art, I think. <laughs> um, and that is kind of the way that I view this. So that balance is kind of the wall and you have to know when to put the wall up and when to take it down. And only you will know, but it's just really important to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're not opening yourself up to another abusive situation. I think that once you come out of one, you're very familiar with what it's like. And I feel like you're more on guard in terms of like letting someone in, but it happens. Sometimes people go right back into it with somebody else. So it's just finding that perfect balance and knowing when it's okay to embrace your vulnerability throughout your journey. It is significant for you to celebrate your progress and your milestones and to be proud of what you have achieved. So maybe, you know, leaving the relationship was so difficult. It took you months. Maybe it took you years. I don't know what your situation is. For me, it was a really long time of trying to leave and getting sucked back in and just this like pattern of like back and forth. So being away for a month and like getting the townhouse and everything that happened, like that was such a milestone for me because here I was in a new home, like I finally made it out of there. Once I got my stuff, that was a progressive moment for me to celebrate. So, you know, even if it's celebrating every week that goes by or celebrating that you've made it a year or celebrating that you found something about yourself. Like every little win should be celebrated and you should be so proud. And I've had like all of these asshole guys like comment on my TikTok videos about, you know, what did you do to that guy? Like there's no reason he was just treating you like that for no reason. Well, John, actually there was a reason and he was just really unhappy with himself and really depressed and I didn't deserve that. But thank you for your input. Like, I would be like celebrating like every little thing that happened and I feel like that's fine. Like you should, you should absolutely do that because, you know, you are making all of this progress on your healing journey and you're thriving in relationships and you know you're strengthening yourself and you are building all of this like resilience and that is something to be so proud of so i feel like this was really long and it was a little bit longer than i anticipated but sometimes i just get talking and i just get really passionate about things i'm sure that there are a lot of repetitive moments but i'm trying to edit less and just be very open and transparent about, you know, the things that I'm feeling. So if that means that sometimes I'm repetitive and sometimes I lose track of my thoughts and I go on a binge about something else, then that's what it means. But I am telling you guys to be, you know, 
self-loving and raw and open. And I feel like for me to edit out every little mistake is just showing you that what I had to say, like, wasn't good enough, I guess. Um, so yeah, that, that's the new way that I'm going about this. And I guess we'll just see how well it goes for you guys. But I am just thankful to be like where I am. And I'm thankful for anybody that listens. And if you are someone that got out of a situation because I shared my story, then like, I'm so happy for you for one. And two, like, I appreciate you taking the time to like, let me know that it meant something to you because it just fills my heart with so much love every time someone reaches out. I just, I don't think that that feeling could ever go away. It's just really exhilarating. If you are someone that is struggling in a relationship and you don't know how to get out, if you need resources or you need help, then you are more than welcome to send me an email or you can join my Facebook group and post anonymously. Um, I am happy to listen. In the show notes, there's also an area to submit content ideas, um, requests for people on the show, things of that nature. So if you feel more comfortable sending it that way, that's fine. But like, I'm here to help if you need it. And for anyone else that's listening, I am just really stoked about like the direction of the show. And so it will help me tremendously if you guys would just submit your ideas and your questions and literally anything. I can go off of anything. I just feel like catering the show to what you want is going to make it the best it can be. And so I am always just wanting to hear your input. So if you are listening on Spotify, you can actually leave me voice messages, which is really cool. I can incorporate them right into the show. And um, there is like a little section for you to be able to, you know, type in the stuff that you're thinking. If you are not listening on Spotify or you just don't want to do that, there is the little link below that says to submit like content ideas and stuff. So please let me know if you are interested in coming on the show or you know someone that would be a really good fit, then please send them my way. You can follow me on Instagram. It is at I deserve it podcast. That is also linked below as well as my Facebook page. Um, and then, yeah, I feel like that's mostly it. So, um, please send in all of your ideas. I would love to hear them and I will talk to you guys later. <laughs>